I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. We would like to begin this podcast by paying our respects to the traditional custodians of the land. This podcast is being recorded on Los Angeles, the Keech, Shumash, and Tongva people. And we would also like to pay our respects to their elders, past and present. Salad or Dolly, through a great party, we all drank Bacardi, it got kinda gnarly. We're light as a feather, we're tougher than leather. Together we're weirder, we're weirder together. I gotta stop loving people, loving people who don't love me. I love you. I gotta stop loving people. What a tune. So you you are shimmering in a sleepy your energy is sleepy yet glittery inspired yet a little beaten up and you are singing songs from last night's incredible dance party we went to yeah we went we went out in the streets we went if we went to a warehouse party 52 hey how's that 52 years old (laughs) who would have thought it if they could have seen you at 42 (laughs) did you ever see streets of fire the movie with um diane lane um out in, the, in the streets of new york i don't know it's a it's a it's a fun movie but we were downtown in the streets of la it was sort of near the fashion district and at a warehouse and it and, was wild and it was called and did you do you have some trepidation about going out to a party starting at starting at 9 or 10 p.m at night well uh, yeah but now after we went to see the dare and like cub sport i guess and sort of genres that i wasn't I didn't even know. I was going like a surprise blind date. Yeah, electronic music has been kind of a more recent discovery for you, hasn't it? Yeah. In your 50s, you're really hitting, you're you're becoming an EDM queen. I'm becoming a Euro. (laughs) I remember when Alex von Furstenberg came back, we were like from a, a, you know, dancing in, in Ibiza or something. And we were in this very quiet you know, Austrian, you know, like a villa, hun- hun- villa? hunting lodge. Yep. Hunting lodge. Um, and it was like a, a quiet, and he came and he just brought all the music and we were all having a very like quiet holiday and he just wanted to keep the party going. And I, I was trying to get into the music, but I could never raves. I really used to scare me, even the whole <laughs> pulp, you know, common people, all that, I loved the music, but when I thought of raves, I was just like... Just being in a big group, being sweaty, disassociated, merging into... Yeah, and the music. Hive mind. And it was funny because when Adam and I separated, we, we came back a couple months later to pack up or something. And separately, he got into kind of dance music. And I liked William Orbit. So mm. we both said, we like techno now. Can you believe it? <laughs> And I pulled out like... almost should never have divorced once you had that common bond. (laughs) And then I pulled out William Orbit, which is very mellow. Do you know? Oh, yeah. I love William Orbit. And then he had more, you know. (laughs) But this last night was called Heaven. I just went because you got a ticket and I've learned to trust you. Uh, uh, 
and what, 15 what ha- years of marriage, baby. That's what you get. <laughs> um, so yeah. So what, how did you know about this? What is it? Okay. So our dear friend Safi, who is like, she pays attention to culture in a very precise, but refined way. I really trust her taste. She texted me saying this was going to be the gig of the decade. And I had had no idea what was going on. Then Nina Jaraci, who's another friend and collaborator, was like, oh, my God, if I was here, I would be there. So I, these are two people who I trust, right? And you know me. I, I throw myself into things. I'm like, let's check it out. Let's let's live it, you know? And both of them are, how old are they? They're much younger. Um, Safi's a, a little older. Nina's early 20s. But yeah, they're, and they're very in touch with, like, internet culture and pop culture and, you know, just where things are going. So I always, I like to, so, so, so heaven. That. So, okay. So I did a little research just to explain to the beautiful babies. So heaven is, it's a place of inclusivity, allowing everyone to be unapologetically who they, this is their press release, you know, from their website, who they are, even if only for a night. Each event (laughs) is curated with extreme detail in efforts to fuse the past, present and future of the underground. From household name pop stars to independent sub-genre artists, Heaven reaches far and wide to deliver fresh lineups with the internet's hottest acts garnering attention from across the industry. So the LA Times did a write-up about this club and they said, Heaven is a genreless, genderless party for the next generation of club kids. Yeah. And it really did feel like what you, you know, without the the sorted, visually it had remnants of sort of that whole party monster era with people with homemade, but there was a bit of like Studio 54 and the factory and there was a whole like interesting mix of yeah. things, I would cultural say the, touchstones. The look was kind of like Club Kid, when is that? Like early 90s New York Club Kid era look um, mixed with, there was a sexuality mixed with like um, a lot of, there, it, it was, <laughs> it's so hard to explain. Hold on. Well, so the the creator of Heaven is Lulo and Lulo, Lulo describes Heaven as a queer safe party, but not exclusively a queer party. And when asking for the pronouns of the interviewed attendees, um, many people replied any and all of them. Yeah. <laughs> Which was really like kind of the vibe, wasn't it? I mean, from the bartenders to the security um, to just, it, it was like everybody was very nice and happy and into it. And it didn't feel like hired guns. Like sometimes you go to a party, a house party or a club, and it feels very separate. Like they hired the bartender, they hired this person. This, the whole thing had a very inclusive, safe feeling. Totally. And for us too, we had a really nice moment. Yeah, it was it was amazing. So in the past, the event has had artists like Alice Glass, Pussy Riot, Kim Petras, whose first show was at Heaven. Um, there's a live stream video of the famous visionary producer Sophie's first performance at Heaven one year before her death, which got 1.6 million views. Anyway, this all gives you a sense of like the cultural impact that this party has created. But the reason that this was such an exciting one for the fans, and I think for Safi and Nina Jirachi, was it was the first ever performance of Aisha Erotica, who's a controversial transgender hyperpop singer, songwriter, and producer. So Aisha Erotica began as a SoundCloud artist, and... Um, 
put out songs like Barely Legal, Come Shot. There was an EP called www.fuckme.com with the single Literal Legend. Um, there was an album called Horny For You, which was horny Christian pop with singles like Vacation Bible School and We Can Do It. And she really became this sort of TikTok icon as well as like producing stuff for other artists like Slater. And there was some online drama and basically she retired from public life in 2018. So in the meantime, these songs just got bigger and bigger. Like I asked Goldie, do you know Aisha Rodica? Goldie had no idea of the name, but then I played some of the sounds and Goldie was like, oh, that's her, that's her, that's her. She knew all of the sounds. So they've become just part of TikTok culture. So this was, you know, this is this big underground icon and then Heaven announced the first ever live performance by Yisha Rodica. And that that's what we were there for last night, along with there were probably 10 other artists playing too. And they all seem to be, um, I can't remember who said it, but one of the artists was like, mother is in the house. Like they really regard Aisha Rodica as like this, I guess, innovator of this sleazy TikTok hyperpop trans kind of scene. And this was the first time Aisha Radhika performed. Yeah, ever, ever. So um, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. Where do we even start? The acts like- were really good. So we came downtown and and it just like immediately had a really good vibe and felt like that perfect organized, but like, you know, loose and relaxed. And I don't know why I like that music. Like some <laughs> of it even has a Detroit go-go underbeat. Some almost had a like not reggae beat, but like there were different beats going on, like your typical or the one you would imagine under that kind of music. But I don't know what it is, but I just started dancing. You started dancing and you were so, you had I was the on full that, experience of it where you turned to me at one point, you were like, this might be my favorite music ever. <laughs> <laughs> well, we were kind of on the outskirts just because I was like, I, I don't know, I didn't want to be in the center of a crowd because just like claustrophobia and whatever. But I just, it was like not too many people. You could see the stage, but it was the, it's one of those nights where you start bonding with the people who are near you. Yeah, totally. totally. Um, Like there was just a couple people who we were like connecting. I wasn't on like drugs, but I was just felt connected. I would say, I think you may have absorbed though, just through the air, some drugs. Probably. This club had the shortest bar line (laughs) of any club I've ever seen, which to me indicates that there may have been chemicals. You know me, I'm very, I get the, uh, what is it? Contact high. Yeah. So yeah. And it was just, it was really fun. And then we were dancing for a while and then someone came up um, and said, thank you for being here. I love you both. Of, they they were this couple and he was like, I've, I've seen you seven times at Largo to you. Yeah. And, um, but they looked like they knew who I was and they, they, we were like mom and dad yeah. and they appreciated it. It was, and it wasn't entirely. Oh, and that guy actually knew the queer, song. No, that but, guy knew the song I'd done with Shamir. It oh. actually isn't even on uh, Spotify. It's something you have to. It, that was like it was a real like train sputtery fan, you know, yeah. to know that song. I mean, so, it was yeah, it yeah. was probably ninety percent queer, and then just there was a couple of couples that were man, woman, whatever. I like who and that, then that guy solo said, people wandering uh, around, but the makeup and the- But wait, I like how that guy that came up to us who gave us shots of Patron also, that guy said, are you Aisha girls? 
<laughs> which was cute. And so, but, and someone really loved your look, which was saying a lot because the looks were, were well tight. at the merch stand at the the girl spike at the merch stand because I did buy myself a heaven t shirt, which you know you cannot keep me away from a good t shirt. Um, but and when she, I said the look, sorry, yeah, yeah go, go, go. I, I mean Ben. You know, you didn't dress up like club kids, but right now Ben has blue hair, and you were wearing and my your, life and Norm McDonald t-shirt. You were wearing yeah. a Norm McDonald t-shirt, <laughs> and the and the and the aesthetic of that is quite this lo-fi. Yeah, like internet culture aesthetic type thing. Oh, so you walked up the, to the table, the merch table. You were saying no, that was that was the whole story. She was just very excited by about my, my hair look. and my t-shirt. But so it was interesting. I didn't quite realize the. The performers, it seemed like it was mostly trans. It was a, it was a mixture. There was, it wasn't all trans performers, but it was, it was interesting because the most glammed up hyper femme, you know, women in the club rocking it were these trans women. And then the, like, the cis girls were just like, you know, indie girls, like walking around the club. Yeah. And it was just, there was such a variety. It really, I had this sort of epiphany looking at the crowd and realizing how pretty much every shade of sexuality was present in this club. You know, it was, you could not have classified people in any way, except that they were probably all sort of open-minded. They weren't, it wasn't like a a, a closed square crowd, but you just realized how sexuality is so, it's infinitely complex and varied and our attempts to sort of narrow everything into these little labels is sort of uh it's funny i know there was you know yeah like you're saying there is sort of a a look that was hyper feminine with skirts that were like above the ass the skirts weren't even skirts they were more like belts they were belts that looked like (laughs) ruffled belts (laughs) and then and boobs fake boobs and just like really super duper sexy and then like you said just a lot of just kind of like goth kind of goth indie kids kind of walking around too and it's nice because like something about the club kid and the queer aspect usually makes clubs feel a little safer because those those other ones you know it's not like i'm worried about guns and date rape but there's something hanging in the air where oh, and i think as a woman being in a club you know on a in a regular setting is like it's not you're not wrong to be unconcerned with the idea that you like might get roofied or something yeah and you're not gonna see happen. like bar fights in this kind of place no, so it was such a safe inclusive loving atmosphere yeah I mean, that's and, the, and I, well, even the security like there was these these two women who drank too much or did too many drugs or something but the security were holding their hands and le- leading them outside in the nicest way like mm. fully helpful like the, like everyone was no one was too wasted but these two friends did got to and they p- took them outside and when we left they were sitting with them like waiting for whatever Ubers like or whatever Ubers and, like, or looking something. After them. and i was like wow that was kind of amazing yeah i thought it was like, just gentle security people it was just one of the nicest atmospheres i mean it is funny because you know i think just through being friends with younger musicians and stuff a lot of the spaces that we found ourselves in creatively are these sort of, you know, queer or queer friendly spaces. And as, you know, basically a straight 
male. Basically. You <laughs> no, you know what I mean. Yeah, I'm yeah. a straight male. Yeah, I'm a straight yeah. male. I just mean... I know. I, we're looking for that, but it's no, never come out. No, but I just mean, like, I, I do believe everybody exists somewhere on a spectrum. Right. Like, no one's totally straight. You know, like, who knows? When I'm a 75-year-old man, the right scenario comes <laughs> no, I'm kidding. But, um, but, yeah, I just mean it's, like, it's amazing how um, accepted... These, how accepting these spaces are of everybody. It's yeah. really, it was really, I know, really beautiful. I know, because there were some random, just straight looking young men standing around and they just, I don't know, like they didn't seem dangerous and they, and it wasn't no like, one was like mad at them for being there. Yeah, and, and it wasn't like, you know, freaks only or some kind of thing. It was <laughs> like, there was like a lot of people who were kind of like normcore people just like bobbing their heads and together we're weird, we're weird again. 
you know, you get in your mid thirties, I don't know when it slows down, but you're just like horny. And the idea that you wouldn't be sexed up and you have to like not be sexed up. I mean, you know, that there should be something inappropriate about portraying yourself as a sexual person. Like I think everyone there was very like, it would, that's, I think that's the thing that we're sort of getting to that it was very openly sexual without being at all aggressive or threatening in any way, which yeah. is like a really it was so nice. nice space. Yeah, to it was be in. nice yeah. to see women, you know, dancing around and shaking around and not feeling unsafe. And I mean, the, yeah, the way the world is with all, you know, the dangerousness of men, you know, you people, it gets, it got so weird for many reasons in the world, but it's just, it was really nice to see people feeling like healthy and, and also alive. Like I grew up through the eighties and I lost many, many friends from AIDS. Yeah. Right. And it was so nice to see so many gay people and queer people alive. Totally. And feel like, okay, the world, like there are people who are living and gay and you know it's sort of after these traumatic chapters you sort of think something's done yes and i think the both the music and the queer culture aspect of it it it's you pointed out at some point last night that these were songs that most people had experienced on their own and fallen in love with through TikTok. Oh yeah. Like there was a lot of talk of TikTok. I mean, TikTok was clearly the dominant social media platform for most of the people. Yeah. There. That was where they were discovering culture. And you just saw these kids. And so <laughs> we, we get to Aisha Radhika, who was sort of like the climax of the night. After and so many great, so many great performances. performers. Yeah. And Aisha's first concert ever. And it was like kind of this weird, like punk rock mess of this, you know, performer kind of walking around the stage with all this swagger and just pumped on the love, like feeling the love from the crowd, but kind of like it's music that was produced in a bedroom, high production and, you know. And the build-up song before Aisha Erotica came out was great. It was like a classical song and it was just like the build. I thought that the the night went so well yeah. for something that was so loose. All the performers, the technical aspects were working. Even things like the, the more flamboyant, like the performer on stilts. The only thing was that the way end... <laughs> This, um, the performers got the like arms were caught for one second because there was this beautiful um, sort of like club kitty looking like I don't even know it was like this amazing kind of cartoon character and they seemed to be a performer who'd been at a lot of heaven events before and the way yeah they were and it was really cool but uh, the yeah the, the it went off really well the flow of the performances were great there was like one break it was all very organized and even how like the lasers really got started in like the last hour or something like leading up to the Aisha performance I mean it was the, so the cool. technical side is really impressive yeah. and then the build up and then Aisha came out but it's nice I was saying it's like the Minecraft conventions all these people which I wept when I saw on YouTube the first, I know those people I think now are canceled, who knows, whatever. <laughs> but this, seeing all the kids and grownups come out for, and they, and I wept when I saw it on YouTube because the people who invented Minecraft, but they're just, the, the audience is just sitting there and the 
guys who invented it are doing like a TED talk. This is like everybody who's been enjoying these songs coming together and seeing the performers. Well, like a concert, but it's a TikTok world. So they really, are, I think that's the difference. Like even with like, say the Beatles on Ed Sullivan, say, right? Like things people fell in love with traditionally through mass media. You would have kind of been sitting there with your family. watching Ed Sullivan or, you know, or watching these with friends. With TikTok, you really are consuming it on your own. And it was incredible just seeing, I mean, it seemed to me like there was probably a thousand people there or something like that. And these songs had clearly become part of their hearts and lives. And it was just, it was amazing. Yeah, and the messaging in a lot of them were really interesting. Like, I got to stop loving people who don't love me. And Rilo, that was was actually from a songwriting perspective, there were a few standouts. That was a really good one for me. I love that Rilo song. And also that kid had a song called Taco Bell, which I guess you'd heard on. Well, no, I was thinking of, Pizza. Oh, Pizza Taco Bell. The Dust that? Racist. Dust yeah. Racist is it? No, but that song I'm was a really great one. I'm at the Pizza Hut, Taco Bell. Yeah. I'm at the combination Pizza Hut and, and Taco, Taco Bell. Bell. But yeah, and there was uh, there was one sort of provocative one about not needing therapy, get surgery. I don't need therapy. I just, I just need, need surgery. surgery. <laughs> I mean, it was a joke, but yeah. it's also kind of an interesting comment on just let me be my let me do my thing. Yeah. But um, what was I going to say? I also was fascinated with the, so these were musicians, obviously. I mean, they're making beats, they're singing songs. Um, You know, it just, I don't know. I just was like, wow, they are talented. Well, yeah, I mean, it kind of is interesting if you come from, which we do, like rock and roll backgrounds where the idea- Yeah, and the idea is that the performance on stage is a reflection of the same way you made the music. Right. So it's like, hey, let's get the band to play the song. Whereas in this type of performance in an EDM in general, it's like super technical and isolated. It's basically people in their bedrooms making this very technical music and then being a party host and getting on stage and just being flamboyant and everyone's a flavor flave. I mean, I guess like pop stars- they'll have someone usually produce and often write the songs right. and then they come in and they sing it, you know, the singer. Um, I mean, sometimes they co-write, of yeah. course, and sometimes they produce like, you know, George Michael was a producer and everything, but. Um, and sometimes they say they co-write and take publishing. Right. And so in this case, yeah. someone's <laughs> kind of doing it all themselves, right? Or maybe. Yeah. Well, Aisha Rodica for sure. I mean, these are, yeah, these are producers. So impressive. Yeah. yeah, it really is. And just shout outs to some of the other performers. There was Chase Icon, That Kid, Miss Toto, Mel Forever, Succubus and Rilo, who he mentioned. And it was just, and really like to Lulo and the, you know, the team who puts on this party, it is an awesome thing. And I keep thinking similar to when we were at Cub Sport, I just thought like, if you're a, if you're a kid who's like a little bit outside convention growing up, finding these communities and finding these spaces must just be the most reassuring, liberating thing. And it's a real, it's a real service to community. There are people who put on these types of events. So it was awesome. I'd go again. I know. I'm trying to think of my outfit. I was dressed like I was just like really preppy or would something. Would you go a little harder if we go to another heaven party? I would think about what I would wear because I definitely, I mean, it's kind of nice to be like mom, the the smiling mom. Yeah. People are like, oh, that's nice. Yeah. That was your I own went, way of adding to the safety and inclusivity. You were there as a maternal figure. I go norm, <laughs> very norm core. Like when we had a Christmas party and I was dressed in like a red turtleneck and I had, it was hot rolled my hair and I just looked like a total 
and I and I said I'm going normcore, you know, like Christmas party. Or when you drove a Toyota Camry after like two years of searching for a new interesting car, you end up getting a Toyota Camry, and there's nothing as subversive yeah. as seeing you drive down the street in a Toyota I know, Camry because <laughs> I had had a like a '90s white Mercedes with beige leather interior and it was very um fancy and smooth uh you know and then I just thought I like to go you know normcore and Shamir was like I'm kind of normcore tonight too I'm dressed sort of like a, a a guy like just like Shamir was wearing like you know basic shorts or something going on and I was like yeah hey you got to be flexible it can roll uptown so, can roll downtown yeah and sometimes you feel like just Playing playing a part. This week is going to be really fun. We've got Lauren Lapkus and Mike Castle, our friends, are going to be on the pod this week. Yay. And we're going and doing ThingFest. We're doing the live, the live, our first live podcast taping. Oh, that's my God. Be really that's going to be good. Outside Seattle. I'm not sure. I think tickets are still available. So if you're up in the Northwest, you can head out there. I'm going to link to Heaven so people can learn about it if they want in the show notes. I've also got an EP coming out on Thursday, which you're a big fan of. It's called Two Songs I Wrote in 1993 and Recorded Last Week. And it's literally two songs that I found the lyrics to in my folder. One of them, uh, Cute Indie Girls, my friend Alex Leahy came and played on and features on. And that's, um, you know, I married the ultimate cute indie girl. So it's kind of, you could say it's my thesis. It's my mission statement. (laughs) I Uh, like it. Um, I give it an A plus. So you can can pre-save that. I'm going to put the link to that too in the show. Yeah, that era of your songwriting, primo. Thank you, babe. And you know what? Thank you for just being, I can't believe I married <laughs> someone who's open to just going on weird adventures with me. I know, and just who knew? Checking out. You know, I, I just, I have an infinite curiosity for things. And I love that I found someone who can sort of match that with me and just go and explore. Yeah. I mean, now that the kids are almost, you know, can, yeah, I can, I feel like I can go out again, but I never thought I would. I'm glad I am. Infinite jest, infinite jest. We made it to heaven. <laughs> All right, we'll see you later. Mwah, beautiful, beautiful babies. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.